Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode three of Live and Let Die Ranger. I'm your host, Matt J, and with me as always is my brother, Dave. Hey, hey, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you today? I am well. All right. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get started. Okay, so... Five sh- stars. Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. That's true. For Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. First star of the week, I'll announce it. Happy birthday, Matt. Happy 30th birthday. Thank you. Yes, today is my 30th birthday as we record this, which means that this is now officially a podcast of two dudes in their 30s talking about a children's TV show from 1993. I'll high-five that. Japanese children's TV show from 1993. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have the day off of work. Slept in. I planned to be here hours ago. It's your birthday. It's a birthday you can do no wrong. I'm glad that you enjoyed that and you got to sleep in. All right. Dave, what is the second star? Second star of the week. I'm very excited. Tomorrow, you and I and some other friends of ours are going to get together to play Skull and Shackles. Okay, so if you're not familiar with Skull and Shackles, it is a, uh, it's a Pathfinder adventure path. Just like a pre-made module. Except everyone is... If they're not all pirates, they're all piratical. They're all piratical, yeah. I think is a good way to say it. So we're going to get together tomorrow. We're going to grill out. We're going to have some beers. And we're going to play through Skull and Shackles. Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun. So that's my second start. Probably going to show up early, watch a little professional wrestling. Yeah, we should absolutely do that. Oh, that's the plan. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm showing up early. We're watching Money in the Bank. Wait. Yeah, okay, great. Well, we'll watch that tomorrow, then. Yeah. Third star okay. of the week. Third star of the week. Another sort of birthday thing we did last night is uh, what we went to go see the uh, midnight release of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's so good. And folks, let me tell you. That movie, it was it was one of the most out-and-out fun movies I'd seen in the theaters in ages. Ages. Just, you know what? You know what was great is there were no apologies for how fun it was. Exactly. It was just, I mean, it was out there. It was completely aware of itself, but it was an absolute blast. Yeah. And I think it really is, I think it's a sterling addition to the Marvel Studios Oh, sure. Theme. It, you it, know, it, the Marvel was, Studios owned movies. And it was so nuts, because I expected a good movie. I, I honestly was even expecting a great movie. What I was not expecting was a scene where they... Th- yeah, well, don't talk too much about it. I think, you know, people are gonna... By the time it comes out, I'm sure people will By the time, the yeah, I mean, guys. But by the time this comes out. Spoilers about Guardians of the Galaxy. There is a scene where they fly to the hollowed-out head of a dead celestial to meet the Collector to sell him an Infinity Gem, and they fly in while listening to David Bowie's Moon Age Daydream. And, like, at that moment, in that, like, perfect moment, I realized that, like, like, I was already in the bag for this movie, but that just, like, it, it tipped the scales. Like, did I tell you, actually, did I tell, I'm sure I didn't, because I hadn't seen you since last night when I was driving home. I was talking with my wife, and we had a realization, mm-hmm. actually, about the Spider-Man movies. Okay. Let me run this by you, and I'm going to give you the real, like, the real quick version. Yeah, go for it, dude. Because we're, you know, chatting, and we want to get to the rate, the episode. But heck, this is going to be the fourth star, right? Yeah, this could be the, the fourth stars are star. pretty fluid. <laughs> so the Spider-Man movies are basically not good. The Sam Raimi ones, or the you know, new really, ones? the first one was okay because it was like, oh, it was very exciting. It was Spider-Man, right? And the second one, 
The second Sam Raimi one... Was great. Was great. The Dr. Octopus one. Yeah, but not because of Spider-Man. Because Alfred Molina is fantastic. Sure. And he really just... There were good Spider-Man moments. Let's not discount that entirely, but yeah. But this is what... This is my theory on why the Spider-Man movies are not so good that that my wife and I worked out last night. Is that Spider-Man does not do well on the big screen. He's not a blockbuster superhero. He's kind of street level. And the glory of Spider-Man, the thing that makes Spider-Man so great, is that he's not just Spider-Man, he's also Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And you get to see, oh, you know, Spider-Man's fighting the Vulture, but Peter Parker has to make rent. Right. And all of these things. You don't want to see that on the big screen. Yeah, you don't have time for it in a two-hour There's movie. no time for it. Where Spider-Man would shine is in a show, I almost hesitate to say this, but well, like in, in a the... show like Smallville. Sure, like or like one of thing the uh... where you have a long term, whatever, and we ha- we can see those human interest stories in a way that's developed enough that they would be interesting. So, developers out there, if you're listening, I'm, and I'm TV, sure they are. I'm sure they are. <laughs> I'm sure they are because this is the internet, and it fools you into thinking that you're famous, um, even when literally no one has heard you. But developers, if you're out there, if you're listening, let's see a Spider-Man TV show. Instead of these yeah. movies that we keep getting. The thing about Spider-Man is, is that he is amazing and spectacular, right. obviously. Uh, but he's not like Superman, you know. He is pretty low power level dude in right. a world full of high power level dudes. Exactly. But in, this, in the movies, he's not. He's the world's, he's like that world's only superhero. Yeah, I mean, he's it. So it doesn't, it, it just doesn't have this, the right tone, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I, that's, yeah. Yeah. There's I a lot of Spider-Man. things that don't work about those movies. Don't get me wrong. I love Spider-Man. Love Spider-Man. I just feel like sure. there could be a better treatment of him. Okay, so if that's the fourth star, Dave, one more star. Oh, one more star. I am finishing up a shield, which requires a little explanation. I LARP. I, I play a LARP game. I actually help run a LARP game. It's tons and tons of fun. LARP, if for some reason you don't know what LARP is... And you're listening to this podcast, which, again, imagine this very small Venn diagram. Right. It is a live-action role-playing. It's like Dungeons & Dragons or what have you, except you and, like, 60, 70, 100 other people go out to the woods for a weekend and beat the snout out of each other with foam weapons. And I make weapons, like fancy weapons, on commission, and I'm finishing up just a really, I think, the coolest thing I've ever made. Which is, of course, the same thing that you say about everything that you make. Well, you know, ideally, every new project is the new coolest right, thing yeah. I've ever made. But I feel like this is, I'm living up to my own standards. I'm really happy with it. May I'll post a picture of it in the show notes? show notes, I guess. Sure, why not? And you guys can see how cool it is. I think it's very cool. Okay, so the five stars have been shot, shot out of heaven or whatever. Okay, right on. It's a good way we can... <laughs> we're, uh, we're still working on catchphrases here, people. It's episode three. Anyway, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to watch the third episode of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. We recommend that you do the same, and we will meet you back here in a moment. Okay, so, folks, we got a weird one this week. We got a weird one. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is... Okay, it's good, though. It's a good episode. It is. I liked it. Okay, so... So, Dave, hit us with the synopsis, then we'll uh, swing back through. Sure. Well, last time on Die Ranger, you may recall mm-hmm. that the Blue Ranger learned a valuable lesson about 
harnessing his chi to fight monsters. Right. Uh, and he did eventually. They defeated the coin purse demon monster. So he's beat, and then we're starting a new arc this week. So the synopsis of this week's episode is a monster that is stealing souls from children and using them to power evil puppets. And the rangers are going to find out about this and then attempt to stop him. All right. Fairly straightforward. This is a cliffhanger episode. Just want to let you know up front. So tune in next week. For the conclusion of this story. This thing. And the name of this episode is I'll Steal Your Soul or no, something? No, it's a Give Me Your Soul. Give I Me d- Your Soul. I wrote it down. With an exclamation was, mark. With an exclamation mark. I wrote it down because it was so striking. The um, the episode titles of Die Ranger tend to be very, like, to the point. And sometimes they're so to the point that they just give away the big climax of the episode. That's a bummer. Like, the episode title will just be like, if The Empire Strikes Back was titled by the people who wrote Die Ranger, it would be called Vader is Luke's Father! Exclamation point. Okay. Spoilers for Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> if you have not seen that 30-year-old movie. Anyway, as you mentioned, last week's episode ended with Shoji learning a valuable lesson. And this week's episode opens with Shoji... Apparently not having learned any lessons throughout his entire life. Yeah, I'm rapidly coming to the conclusion that Choji is straight up the worst <laughs> ranger. Uh, he's terrible. So, so <laughs> act one, scene one, we open, we see Kazu, the yellow ranger, and he's driving a car like a normal person. Well, I mean, sort of like a normal person. He's putting on his sunglasses, he's checking his hair in the rearview oh, mirror. No, I mean, well, like, he's driving, okay, he's driving like a cool person. Yeah, oh Everybody yeah. Everybody knows that checking your hair in the mirror and wearing sunglasses... He's riding around like a cool dude. Right. He's got a convertible. It's really neat. Shoji rolls up on him on a motorcycle, and he's wearing a helmet, so at least he's got that going for him. He's not completely irresponsible. No other sort of protective gear. Oh, no, no. Uh, I mean, his he would absolutely be hamburger if he hit the road, if he took a spill on that bike. But they do seem to be able to aura change like really quickly. Maybe he's just counting on his ability. Yeah. So, like, if he hits something like if he goes as over he's the flying handlebars. through the air, quick aura change, Blue Ranger hit the ground. Right. Running. But he is wearing a helmet, so he's not completely irresponsible, so that's okay. good. But he, he drives up on this motorcycle. Well, they're not stopped. Oh, no. They are just driving down the road. First of all, Shoji takes up the second lane. So they're going... He's driving down the opposite lane. And while he's doing it, he's, like, actively taunting Kazu. And I think he Saying things like, that's no way to drive. Yeah, he's, like, calling him out for being a responsible driver. And actually, he leans over while he's on his bike and starts, like, kicking Kazu's car. I think trying to goad him into doing... Something stupid. Something stupid. Which Kazu immediately does. Yeah, Kazu, zero resistance to Shoji's teasing. <laughs> and so they just start racing. Drag racing down, like... Just down the road. Yeah. It's not like a long country road. It's not like a long, flat stretch. No, it's Die Ranger, like... so it's somewhere down by the docks. <laughs> right. It is. It's no more than one block away from an industrial park. <laughs> but yeah, they do. They're just... They, they start, like, they're like, playing chicken. Really, really dangerous stuff. And we do see, it's one of our rare occurrences where we see that the rangers are not the sole inhabitants of this universe. There are other human beings in and around where they are. So not only are they recklessly endangering themselves, they're also driving like absolute crazy people. So, scene cuts, and we, we move to scene two, act one, scene two, 
And it's a kid, a little kid, and his older sister, and they're sort of arguing. Long story short, little kid runs away. And this kid is wearing some booty shorts. Oh, dude, they are like one millimeter of pant leg away from just being straight up denim speedos. Yeah, I would like. I wouldn't. I don't have a child or a daughter. I w- I would let my daughter out of the house in those. Is what I'm saying. Those are not. Yeah. <laughs> those are. This kid is wearing straight the Daisy Dukes. This is a little boy wearing Daisy Dukes. Yeah, little boy, oh. little fat boy. Yeah, fat little boy wearing Daisy Dukes. Fat little Japanese boy wearing Daisy Dukes. So. In keeping with people uh, being super irresponsible and not knowing how to act around roads, this kid straight up runs into the middle of the road to get away from his sister who's taunting him but not having done his homework. She's not! She's just like, you need to do your homework. Oh no, she said, I told you to do your homework, now everyone will think that you're dumb. Oh, that's right, that's right. She is. Well, it's Japan. Uh, so, there's a lot of shame. So he's very upset about this. Right. And he so does. He, he runs straight into the middle of the road, which is not great on his part. No, no. He's a city dweller. He ought to know better than that. But I think he should... I think that he had a reasonable expectation that two superheroes <laughs> were not drag racing and, like, swinging around the corner about to run him down. But they do. But that is exactly what happens. They, they are about to run him down is what happens. They don't actually... They manage at, like, the very last moment to swerve around him. They barely don't murder this kid. <laughs> it's really close. They do, Yeah, so they just barely swerve around him. And, you know, they cr- they stop. They stop. They don't crash. Sure. They do manage to stop, get out of the car, and the kid is just standing there. Sort of catatonic. Yeah. Almost. Total state of shock. State of shock. He's just staring straight ahead. He doesn't know what to do. He's not talking. But the rangers stop. Kazu and, and uh, Shoji, they get off of their, or out of their respective vehicles, and they run over, and they're like, hey, kid, are you okay? And the sister... Very reasonably. The sister so far is the only responsible person. Right. And let's be clear. She is not like an older, older sister. She's maybe like 12. Oh, 12 at the tops. Yeah. She's maybe... I I mean, she could... Yeah, no. She's like 12. So the rangers come over and they're like, oh, are you okay? You know, good thing we saw you. Blah, blah, blah. And the sister's yelling at them. She's like... Hey. She's calling them idiots. She's like, hey, what's wrong with you? You were drag racing down the middle of the road. You almost killed my brother. Right, which is a completely reasonable complaint. And they're like, oh, well, it's a good thing he's okay. We're really sorry. We apologize. So far, having screwed up, they've done the right thing. They're apologizing and making sure that the right. kid is okay. And then the sister, very reasonably, asks for their like name and information. She's like, hey, if it turns out that you caused something to happen, I'd like to be able to get a hold of you at some point in the future. <laughs> and the ranger's response to this is like, oh, uh, mm, no. No, 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 no. You're no. going overboard. No, no. It's like as though the rangers like got an offender bender and you were like, I need your insurance so I can get my car checked out. And they were like, oh, no, I don't. I don't have insurance. He's <laughs> the worst in terrible superheroes. I mean, listen, man. I mean, we've seen a couple episodes worth of Shoji. Do you think Shoji's the sort of guy who has insurance? No. He has an address, I would assume, unless he just <laughs> stays in the murder base. So, I, I think eventually it happens off camera because the scene ends, but we do find out later that she does manage to get a hold of him. So, presumably, yeah. the Rangers, after being guilted into it by a child, whose brother the right they thing, almost killed, whose brother they almost killed, 
do manage to do the right thing. For a moment. Yeah. So... Then it cuts to the title sequence. We see the title. Give me your soul. And then we see a shadow of someone who is on... At first I assumed it was roller skates. Forgetting, of course, that this was filmed in 1993. So naturally... Okay. We see a guy... And he has the best look. Rollerblades is what I'm saying. He has was it a was it a derby? Was it wearing yeah, a bowler yeah, derby? Bowler derby. Mustache. Mustache. Cape. Yeah. And not a like mo- does he have a monocle? I think he has a monocle. He does not have a monocle. Okay. He has like oh he's got like an eye scar. He's got like though. a scar that looks like like the a monocle shape coming down. Yeah. Uh, he has keys attached to his entire outfit. Uh-huh. And he is wearing rollerblades. His entire outfit is all black. His rollerblades are just... And it is just... like, it's not like, this is not like clothes. This is just like a spandexy. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, this is like a bodysuit. This is a costume. His, is what I'm saying. His entire costume is all black. His rollerblades are just whatever they found at Play It Again Sports. They're like <laughs> <Right>. purple and <laughs> green. <laughs> yeah, they do not match. And the amazing thing is that Rollerblades absolutely just came in black on black. Black boots with black wheels and I'm sure like black gear. Sure, totally murdering. Right. They completely could have done that. Did not. Did not bother to do that. The things that they decide to get very specific about and the things that they just totally gloss over seem completely random in this show. Yeah. I think that's a very fair observation. So... So we see the guy, and he's sort of, like, skating around, and he's going, like, keys, 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 I had the keys to everything. There are so many secret doors that all my keys can open, which is actually kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a neat concept for a monster that he is, like, this living... It was, like, that one cool part from the second Matrix movie. Yeah, like, that one really cool part. (laughs) Matrix movies, man. Man. actually, Actually, I was going back, and I watched part of the very first Matrix movie again. Yeah. And even though it was sort of, at this point, you know, it was like sort of outdated, it was still really cool. Dude, The Matrix is a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. I just forget how good it is because... Because the other ones were such crap. Yeah. Reloaded and... Revolution? 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 Really bad. There was a video game and that was bad. Oh, dude. But the first movie was really cool. Really cool. The lobby scene. The lobby just scene. In the black trench coats and boots and like a bag. Oh, man. Oh, it was so fun. It was. It was so good. Yeah, sure. Actually, you go back and watch it again just to remind yourself how great it actually was. Also, that movie's like 20 years old. Uh, 15. It's 15 years old. Is it 15 years old? Because it came okay. out in 99. That's right. Yeah. Jeez. Anyways, okay, we got moving up. Okay, so, so we, we he, see the key monster, and he sort of teleports up to the kids, the same kid. Right. The same kid that almost got murdered by the tyree. This kid's having a bad day. Real bad day. We've had out his name is Masao. Masao? Yeah. Mas- I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Let's Masao. just say Masao and move on. Masao is how we're going to say his name. And so the guy, the monster, who we right now find out his name is the key clown, mm-hmm. teleports up into this kid's room... Pulls out a key, like, touches it to this kid's chest. Here's where we discover, and this is cool, I didn't know this, Mm -hmm. that all human beings have a compartment in their chest that is just like a little black box that can be opened if you have the right key, and that contains their soul. And the soul, and I don't know if you 
you, the listener, know what the human soul looks like. It turns out it's I a, didn't. It's I a, didn't before It's this. a ball. It's like a small, about the size of like your like a standard like the size of a baseball. Size of a baseball. Maybe. Yeah, and it glows, and that's your soul, and that's your soul. So if you didn't know that, <laughs> Ranger, Die Ranger is here for you. Uh, so he opens up the kid's chest and, and just, pops open like a like a jewelry box. Yeah, and he just like plucks the soul out, and then boogies, and then gets out. And then the little, the sister comes in and is like, oh no! She doesn't see him, by the way. She just sees the kid. Yeah. Who, and his chest hole is now shut. And now, at this point, she reasonably assumes, as yeah. we're going into the next scene, which is in a hospital, mm-hmm. uh, where they've brought the kid, uh, and she is called Sh- uh, Shoji and Kazu, because she assumes pretty reasonably that, yeah. oh, like, this kid was put in a state of shock by being almost murdered by vehicles earlier. He's not responding to anything now. It's got to be those jerks' fault. So he, they call Shoji and Kazu. They show up to the hospital. Immediately deny any sort of responsibility right. for this. Yeah. So <laughs> she's calling them, and they're like, "They're like, oh no, this this can't possibly be our fault." And just just <laughs> want nothing to do with it. But what's weird is they show up. They do show up. It seems specifically to deny responsibility. <laughs> And they talk to the doctor, and the doctor is also sort of, doesn't think that they're responsible. Right. The doctor sort of absolves them. And they're like, well, you know, I guess be in touch with us if we can be, do anything for you. We'll, oh, that's right. We'll that's try right. to help if we can. A very sort of non-committal. Yeah, just a very, it's like when's on Facebook when someone's like, this is a thing. And someone's like, sending good vibrations your way. Right. It's like the least... Or it's like if somebody invites you to your party and you really don't want to go. Yeah. And so you click maybe. Right. And that maybe means no, but it means no, but I'm not a... I'm not a jerk. Uh, yeah. Except you are. Except you are a jerk. The less jerk option would just be to say no. I can't make it. Anyways, um, so... End scene. Kazu and Daigo are walking away from no, the hospital. No, Kazu and Shoji. Sorry. Kazu and Shoji are walking away from the hospital. And Shoji's response to all of this... Oh, they had the best conversation here. Yeah. Further further cementing in my mind that Shoji is the worst ranger, if just not a bad human being. <laughs> what he says to Kazu, he's like, Hey, we really need to keep this on the DL. We can't tell any of the other rangers that we possibly put this kid in the hospital <laughs> due to shock. Because we were drag racing down the middle of the road. We don't want anyone to think poorly of the diary. Right, and Kazu... Kazu's like, oh, I don't know, like, maybe we could get their help. And Shoji jumps right to, he's like, oh no, man, we have to. Like, for the greater good. Yeah. So that the Die Ranger reputation is protected. We can't lose face on this. Right. I'd hate for anyone to say, oh, the Die Rangers put someone in the hospital. Completely neglecting <laughs> the fact that no one knows they're the Die Rangers. <laughs> right. It's the whole point of a secret identity. Shoji is the worst. Okay, and yeah, so they're walking wants away. to completely... Not only deny responsibility for it, but hide the fact that he might even be possibly responsible from his closest friends and teammates. Okay, so Shoji and Kazu are walking down the alley, away from the hospital. Right. Away from all responsibility. Away from all responsibility. I'm Walking as quickly as they can I'm away surprised from it. they're not running, frankly. <laughs> so they walk past this parked car, 
As they do, the camera sort of turns, you see the door open and close, you don't see anybody get in, but the car turns on and it's chasing them down this alleyway. They're running away, the car is driving after them, they sort of like get chased in this pile of garbage... Yeah, well, uh, they, like, Kazu like, ends up like, like a cartoon character, like head first down in a garbage can. Right. Or Shoji opens the car door. Sitting in the driver's seat is a weird, creepy puppet. It's like a gnome puppet. Yeah. Like a lawn gnome that is also like a puppet marionette thing. Right, but they've, they've done a little stuff. They've got like, they gave it fangs and red eyes and things. Yeah. And so Shoji is confused as to why there's a puppet in this abandoned car, and then the puppet turns on him, because it's an alive puppet, and it attacks him. He fights this puppet for a minute. <laughs> I mean, maybe animated puppet. Like, it, like, like it tries to, like, strangle him, he throws it away, and then it just sort of, like, flies away down the corner. it's seriously, it's weird and messed up. He helps Kazu get out of the trash. Uh-huh. Kazu, of course, hasn't seen any of this. And now, now and only now... Yeah, this is the one moment... That something bad is actually happening to Shoji. Shoji immediately is like, okay, we're going to headquarters. Yeah, we need to... Let's go talk to somebody about this. Like, almost kill a child? Not my fault. Child in a coma? Also not my fault. In fact, I'm not going to talk about it. Attacked by a weird, like, possessed puppet? Yeah, let's get the team in on We this need one. to talk to Kaku. So basically, <laughs> as soon as Shoji himself is in any possible danger, exactly. he's calling in the team. I think that's what we're seeing here. And the great thing that happens next is that they go down to the murder basement. They're sitting around. Shoji's telling everybody what happened. And none of them believe him. Yeah, everybody just assumes that, like, it's a trick. Like, they are more incredulous than Ryu was in the first episode. Which is madness. They're like, oh, it cannot possibly be, like, a live puppet. Right! Despite the fact that just last episode, they were fighting, like, a demon coin purse. Right! They're like, demon coin purse? Yeah, clearly. Demon coin purse that is a basketball player who traps people's heads in, like, giant red masks? Right. Imminent danger. Evil puppet? Pshaw. Couldn't possibly be a real concern. Why are you trying to trick us, Shoji? Right. <laughs> Which is insane. You would think, like, if I were a Die Ranger, anything that happens that's even, like, vaguely out of the ordinary, I would immediately be investigating. Like, oh, that's probably Goma. <laughs> probably Goma. Because this guy's a shapeshift. You don't know yeah. where they're coming from. So, but nobody believes Shoji. Not only do they not believe Shoji, they're not even, like... They're not even, like, vehemently against him. Like, not even, like, no, that couldn't pop. They're just, like, Shoji, just laughing at him. They're just laughing at him. Ryu and Rin, who are the red and pink ranger, they just leave. They just leave. They're like, let's go, you want to go get some tea? Let's go get some tea. Can they just go out for, like, an afternoon snack? <laughs> and then I think Shoji is trying to, Shoji is still trying to convince people. Right. Here we see Daigo. Hero of the episode, who okay. is the... By, sorry, Daigo, by the way, is the... Green Ranger. Green Ranger. Daigo is the only one with any sense, and he says, again, very reasonably, in a world populated by Goma, if anybody suspects something, maybe we should investigate. At least check it out. At least check it out. However, as, as much as Shoji seems to appreciate this, Shoji has no interest in actually checking it out. Because all we see from there is just Daigo going solo. He's just lone wolfing thus. 
Uh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's not okay, true. No, no. Here's what happened. go to the hospital. Here's, this is great. So the, I'm sorry, the scene ends. Then we see, next scene, Shoji, Daigo, Kazu, and the little girl at the hospital. They're walking out. The little girl is still saying, like, this is your fault. Shoji is still saying, no, 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 no. And then Shoji and Kazu leave. Yeah, they just walk away. And then it's Daigo and the little girl. And Daigo... We find out later... Sorry, we find out later, by the way, they went to get ice cream. Yeah. see The next thing we see of them is they're in a restaurant eating. They did not go to investigate. They just left to go get lunch and, like, (laughs) a tasty treat. (laughs) So... But then we see Daigo, again, killing it. Oh, yeah. Daigo is on top of things. So Daigo turns to the girl and says, I don't understand. Matt... Matt, let me interrupt you for just a second. I'm looking at my notes, and I realize we've actually forgotten a brief scene. Okay. It does cut away. We see the monster, who again is called the Key Clown. He meets with the three Goma commanders, and they reveal to us that the whole point of his crusade of soul-stealing is to use the souls of the children to power these evil puppets. So the puppet that just attacked the rangers is powered by the soul of a child. And that's what he's doing. And the goal there is to create an army of puppets that are powered, again, by the souls of children and use them to wreak havoc on Tokyo and then presumably the world. Sure. And he say, hey, listen, you shouldn't be letting the puppets out so early. And he says, sorry, Goma commanders, I'll stick to the plan. I just got so excited. I got so excited. I just love stealing souls from children to power evil puppets. To murder people. To murder people. Child soul-powered murder puppets. Always taking me to a new place, Die Ranger. <laughs> taking me to places I never thought I'd see before. Unknown vistas. Un- <laughs> so, okay. So, sorry. So, that scene's over. We come back to Daigo. So, Daigo turns to the girl and says, I don't understand what your problem is. Why do you think that my friends are responsible for your brother being in the hospital? And then it cuts to both of them sitting on a park bench. Clearly some time has passed. Like, she has gone through the whole story. She has, like, a handkerchief out and is, like, dabbing her eyes with it. Yeah. And Daigo's just like, oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Daigo <laughs> sitting patiently listening to a child in distress. Which is something neither, none of the other rangers could be bothered to do. So, again, Daigo making a really strong case for being the best ranger. So they're going around trying to, I don't know, maybe they're just out for a walk at that point, Daigo maybe. and the girl. Oh, we do find out why the girl is freaking out so much. Oh, that's aside, right. Aside from the fact that her brother is in the hospital, she does tell us that her mother and father are gone on a business trip. And if that her little brother is in the hospital when they get back, they're totally going to freak out. Again, I want to remind you, good listener, that this girl is like 12 years old, 13 maximum. Maybe 13. Maybe 13. She is at home, alone, in apparently sole charge of her brother. She is in loco parentis. I don't know where (laughs) her parents are on this business trip. But their child is in the hospital, and they haven't been contacted. Yeah, they just don't know that their kid is in the hospital. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I, I would imagine that's not policy at Japanese hospitals. Like, not only have they not been notified that their kid has gone to the hospital, but he is staying there 
unresponsive in apparently a very serious condition. Yeah. Have not been contacted. And what's amazing is that the girl's primary concern... How horrible are these parents? The girl's primary concern is not, oh, I need to make sure my brother is okay. She says, I need to make sure my brother is okay because... If my parents come home and my brother has fallen into a deep coma on my watch, they'll be super angry with me. And I just don't feel like maybe that represents a healthy family dynamic on their part. But Daigo, listening to this little girl, says, little girl, this is clearly a problem. I am going to help you. We are going to find out what the problem is. And we will solve it. Because I'm a hero. Right. Unlike the other preachers, <laughs> apparently. The two of them that have gone out for ice cream, and then the other two that have refused to admit that this even is a possible problem. Right. So they're walking around, and are immediately beset by... Well, they hear, they hear the, the scream of a child. <laughs> they run around the corner. The key clown has stolen the soul of another child, and then runs. Right. So they chase after him. Into, guess, you'll never guess, guys. You will never guess where the key clown is holed up. It is a warehouse. It is a warehouse. Or it is... In an, in an abandoned industrial park. Next to a quarry. Next to a quarry, slash the docks. <laughs> it's never made clear. And so they show up, and they're hiding behind, of course, a pile of unattended cardboard boxes. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, watching the key clown dance around with his little puppet friends. Yeah. Who are singing a song about how fun it is to do bad things. Right. He feeds the child's soul to another puppet, bringing it to a horrifying pseudo-life. <laughs> and then... Uh, Let me be clear. Uh, the key clown has what appears to be a very unhealthy relationship with puppets. Oh, he's very into these puppets. Yeah. In a way that, again, is not healthy for not only an adult monster, but an adult monster who is at least 6,000 years old. That's just not... That's not cool, man. That's so, just not... Yeah, so he's, not cool. he's, he's having a little party with them. It's... It's creepy. It's creepy. It's a creepy moment. Yeah, it's strange. Who knows? You know, let's just not delve into what happens when the key clown is along with those puppets. Anyways, so Daigo attacks. Mm-hmm. Is like, this is a horrifying... This is horrifying. This is a bad scene. This is a bad scene. I need scene. to get in there. And I'm gonna get in there like a hero. Yeah. Runs and, in. And, right. No thought for his own safety. He maybe should have given a little thought to the girl's safety. But he's so overcome by his, like, burning need for justice. He just... He has to get in there. So he starts fighting the Key Clown. The Key Clown does unleash a special attack called All-Purpose Key Hell, which maybe lost something in the translation, but I think it gained something else. (laughs) So So is it like a Key to Hell? Yeah, well, that's not made clear. That's not clear in the thing. I just think the phrase All-Purpose Key Hell is a joy by itself. It's a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment. So they're fighting in an industrial park. The, and then the key clown has Daigo sort of on the ropes. He manages to get to his wrist communicator to call Kaku. Right. Who, if you recall, is there 
mentor figure. Zordon character. So Kaku calls them all and says... On a CB radio, by the way. Just wanna, I don't know if you noticed that. But he has got a straight up... It's either like a CB set or like a ham set. Like a ham radio yeah, that I is think, like directly wired to their wrist communicators. Yeah, I think Kaku might be a hammy. Which maybe explains why he lives in a murder basement. I wonder what Kaku's uh, ham radio handle is. I don't know. I feel like that's a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to do that. Are there other, like, do other nations have different ham radio handle conventions? I have no idea. You know, ham radio is one of those weird things, because it's actually, it's actually, it's really cool, but I think everybody that's into ham radio is weird. Yeah. Like, our friend, a friend of ours is an electrical engineer, and he does a lot with, like, radio frequency mm-hmm. equipment, and that is kind of his job. And so every year he goes to the ham radio convention. It's called Hamvention, actually. Oh, I beautiful! Believe. Of course yeah. it is. So uh, he goes to Hamvention, or he did with his old job. He's just recently switched up. But he goes to Hamvention, and he just—it's apparently a very weird place. According to him, everybody sort of looks like George R. R. Martin. Okay. <laughs> There's just a lot of suspenders. And beards. So it's all, like, truckers and mountain men who got really into technology, but got really into technology in, like, the 80s and never progressed? Yeah, maybe. I may be betraying how much I know about ham radio. I don't know when it came out or became, like, a thing. Oh, no. 80s was a guess. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally no idea on my part. But ham radio is really cool technology because it's got this huge area. Like, you can communicate via ham radio over just staggering distances, which is really neat. Yeah. But anyways, so the Rangers communicate via ham yeah. or CB radio. I don't know if our radio to be able to tell the difference. But it is it is certainly not a high-tech communication device. Right. Like, it's like a corded handset with, like, a push-button, push-to-talk button. So he gets a hold of Kaku. Kaku presumably contacts the other Rangers. And this is when we find out, by the way, that Shoji and Kazu have, like, it cuts to them just, like, in a diner. Oh, yeah. Talking about, like... Man, maybe you're right. It couldn't have been a living puppet. Right. It's probably remote-controlled. We've blown this whole thing out of proportion. At this point, Shoji is so committed to the idea that nothing is wrong and he doesn't have to actually go to superhero work that day that he is denying something that he saw with his own eyes. (laughs) Right. He's so desperate to escape responsibility that he will turn on his own story. (laughs) But Kaku, we would assume, does get a hold of the rest of the rangers. Calls them all in. They show up to the quarry. Well, no, they don't show up to the quarry. This is the whole thing. Is that Shoji, we cut back to Shoji at the quarry, fighting by himself. He is trying to simultaneously fight off the key clown, Mm -hmm. rescue the little girl from the Kodoropodoro, and hold off the three Goma commanders that all show up. So it's one on everybody. Plus, he is shackled by the fact that he's trying to take care of this little girl. And he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, really, Daigo holding it down. I think I may have said Shoji. I meant Daigo. Daigo holding it down, actually doing a pretty good job. Obviously fighting a losing battle, but doing his best. Really hero-moding it. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, doing a fantastic job. Daigo's the man. Yeah, he has aura changed at this point, by the way. He is in kind of full-on... Not kind of. He's in full-on ranger mode now. So finally, though, even Daigo's heroic efforts are overcome, 
The Key Clown manages to steal the little girl's soul. The Goma Commander slash Key Clown slash Kotoro Potoro teleport out. Throw the kid off a cliff. Yeah, throw the kid off a cliff. Because they've already got what they came yeah. for. Daigo jumps up, jumps catches the her. kid before it's, she lands. Now, I will point out, it was like a really bad cut on, on their oh, part. Oh, yeah. Because you see, I think they both were like on a, the stunt was done like maybe they were both on a trampoline. And they mistimed it, but just didn't want to do it again, I guess. Because you see Daigo, and he jumps up. And by the time he puts his arms out to catch the girl, she's already at, like, his knees, maybe. Oh, yeah, he's easily, like, a foot or two too high. Yeah, there's no way that he's actually catching her. But then it cuts, and we see that he has, in fact, somehow caught her with... Chi power. With chi power. Maybe he creates an illusion of a train. I don't know. (laughs) But he does manage to catch her. And then, in in a camera cut, he goes back to not being a ranger anymore. And then... This is now... Only at this moment do the other rangers arrive. And, and they're they, not even aura changed. No. They're not even ready to go. They show up in their civvies. They show up to find Daigo, like, holding the soulless body of this inert child. And it's like, oh no, what happened? Daigo just, like, this stares is, them down. This is fantastic. This is the best moment of the entire episode. <laughs> Runs over... Jax, Kazu, and Daigo er, and Shoji in the face. Just, just like lays them out. Like splits their lip. They're bleeding. Yeah, just and just like yells at all of them, like, where on earth were you? I was trying to save this child from having her soul stolen from her. Right. <laughs> and the other Rangers, in honestly the most noble moment of their entire existence this episode, at least have the decency not to offer some, like, crap excuse. They just kind of... like, I had to wait for the check. Right. They were just... (laughs) They at least have the decency to just stand there... And take their beating. And take their beating and be remonstrated by by Daigo, who is the only hero of this episode. (laughs) So the episode ends with... Daigo carrying the body of this little girl Mm -hmm. off-screen... Uh, and then we get the to be continued. Yeah. So that's all we get for this episode. And that's it. That is the end of episode three of Gosei Sentai Dai Ranger. Which is really heavy for episode three of the kids' show, I think. Oh, they, they hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of cartoons, like a lot of kids' television programming when I was a child myself. And as it happens, I continue to watch <laughs> a fair amount of children's programming. But never when when I was watching a show as a kid were people's souls being eaten on a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's the cliffhanger that's really selling me on the seriousness of it. Because had they beaten the monster at the end, it would have been like, oh, well, they, that's fine. they got it. You got your glowy orb put back in your chest. Right. And this is not a daily show. Those kids are waiting a week to see if, in fact, everything works out. I mean, I think they would assume that it does. But sure. we don't know for sure. So that's it. So we'll, we just have to wait and see. Okay, so best parts of the episode. Best parts of the episode. Daigo. Daigo. Everything Daigo yeah, does is the best. everything Daigo does is the best part of the episode. I think viscerally my favorite moment in the episode is when he just punches the other rangers <laughs> for being useless. On a, on a slightly more, I don't know spiritual, like, good human being note. I think my favorite moment is when you see Daigo, and he's, like, sitting on the park bench 
listening to the little girl, being a friggin' hero. Right, just being a human being who sees a child in distress. Right, and saying, like, you know what, I'm going to help take care of this child, even though I have zero responsibility for anything that has happened to her so far. So, highlight of the episode, Daigo. Everything Daigo does, killed it. Uh, I want to see more. Low point of the episode. Low point of the episode. Every time we see Shoji, who is completely useless. Now, I want I want to say real quick, these are high points and low points of the sort of, like, quality of the characters. Entertainment value, though? Oh, yeah, entertainment oh. value. Shoji is also really high. Shoji is an amazing entertainment value in this episode. Yeah, because you just, you watch him and you're like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Is this character supposed to be... A hero. I am looking forward to Shoji eventually learning a lesson and maybe, you know... Man, that guy's got a lot of lessons to learn. A lot of lessons to learn, man, about his own powers, about how to be a ranger, about how to be a reasonable human being who does things that you should do. Okay, final thoughts? Final thoughts? Looking forward to next episode. Looking forward to, A, seeing Daigo continue to rock it out. Want to make sure these kids get their soul back. Also, final thoughts, looking forward to Shoji getting his comeuppance. Yeah. Now, here's a final thought for me. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the entire episode, no robots. Oh, yeah. You know, I did not even notice that until just now. In fact, they have not summoned the robots since the fight with Baron String. That's true. They've only ever summoned it once. Which admittedly was last episode. Well, sure, but it was a carryover from the first episode. The first monster they fight grows and they summon the giant robot, which they only have one of so far. They fought two other monsters at this point. No robots. Yeah. They're really dragging out the reveal on this, aren't they? Yeah. They drag it out. It's very cool, actually. And then it's really rewarding when you finally get it. Good. Good, good, good. Well, I, again, I'm really looking forward to it. Because in many ways, I'm sort of here for the giant robots. I mean, really, to some extent, we're all here for the giant robots and explosions. Right. So thank you for once again joining us for the Super Sentai Brothers. This has been episode three of Live and Let Die Ranger. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week.